0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: I'm Jordana Levine, and you're listening to The Inspired Table Podcast. Each week you'll be led down an inspired path of curiosity as I chat to some of my favourite soul-centred folk about the things that inspire me daily in the hope that some of that juicy inspiration will rub off on you. So pour yourself your favourite cuppa and take a seat at my table. I promise you'll leave happier, healthier and bursting with inspiration. Welcome back to another episode of the Inspired Table Podcast. I love this episode because its content really speaks to me at the moment, and I have a feeling it's going to speak to a bunch of you too. I discovered today's guest when I was looking for some help rebranding an aspect of my business. I was familiar with Jo's work, and her aesthetic really appealed to me, but it was after our initial Skype chat that I was blown away by the way this woman works. Jo Chun-yan currently resides in Japan, is of Korean descent, but still calls Melbourne home. She's into yoga, Reiki, Joni Mitchell, mindfulness, which are definitely all bonuses for me. But what struck me with Jo is the way in which she approaches graphic design with her clients. You see, Jo isn't your average designer. She's also an intuition coach and works with design clients based on following both her intuition and theirs. If you've ever tried to come up with branding for your own business, create an aesthetic for your social platforms, or even design an invitation for your birthday, you'll know that it's not always easy to express yourself to a designer. Half the time, we don't even know what we want, let alone how to explain it. Jo's job is to eloquently and gently pull it out of you by allowing you to tap into your intuition. I mean, the whole concept's just brilliant. (laughs) Jo describes herself as a strange cookie, but I would say she is infectiously delightful and an absolute pleasure to interview. And I know you're going to love this chat as much as I loved having it.
0: For me, design has always been something that I've been very passionate about since. And I guess the word design sort of feels like I've done the, like, the study of design, which, which I did when I was in university. But I guess the, um, the concept of art and creation and illustration that's always been with me since I was very young. Um, yeah, and I think I started sort of really becoming interested in it when I was a few years old, like my, both my my parents are teachers, so my father um, is an arts teacher and a graphic design teacher, which is like the best, um, you know, best resource yeah. um, <laughs> and person that you can look up to when you're little and you're really enthusiastic about learning more about um, drawing and art. Um, and then on the other hand, my, my mother was a maths teacher and a science teacher. So um, they kind of, yeah, from a very young age, I, I was able to kind of think using the left brain and the right brain yeah, in quite a balanced say, way.
1: That is such a full yeah. spectrum of brain power happening in your household.
0: <laughs> mm, mm. And I think, I'm not sure whether it's... um. You know maybe we sometimes say to ourselves oh i'm definitely a, a right brain person or i'm definitely more creative um or i don't understand arts you know and i think we kind of put ourselves into these buckets mm. of left brain right brain but i think most people probably um work both sides of their brain it's just that we don't really put so much attention into it
1: yeah
0: um uh, yeah, but I guess, like, when I was growing up, I, I always felt like, not that the both sides, like, art and science were competing. Um, I kind of just happily grew into this nice balance um, in my childhood. And, yeah, so my, my weekends, I would be um, doing, like, maths with my mother and science with my mom because she would, like, do some homeschooling for me before I was in <laughs> Before I was in kindergarten, I think, or oh, primary school, <laughs> um, and then my father would teach me all about sort of art history and you know the origins of drawing and um, how to see things. You know how to see like a scene and depict it, or like um, you know how light plays with the shadows um, in a particular illustration, and it it was just like such a beautiful, inquisitive um, environment to grow up in. Um, Yeah, so that was sort of how I grew up.
1: At what point then did you decide that maybe you were going to follow your father's footsteps rather than the mathematical science path of your mother?
0: Mm, um, So I started um, studying engineering and science at at university, so that was
1: <laughs> that was very intense.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I never really took any um, design or art subjects in sort of high school. Like I never did it for VCE or anything like that. Um, it was just something I really loved doing in my spare time, and I always thought that oh, maybe it's just a hobby and not something that I could actually do as a profession or a career. Um, and in the last year of studying chemical engineering, um, I decided I just didn't feel like that path would actually lead me to a very satisfied life. Um, And it wasn't because it isn't an interesting um, degree to study. I, I, I learned so much from it. But I just always felt like I needed to explore the art side as well so at that point I decided to do a graduate diploma in graphic design Um, and I did that simultaneously with the engineering Um, and so by the end of it I had three degrees and a little bit of a confusing landscape. (laughs) Yes,
1: so what were you planning to do with all those three degrees?
0: Well, at the time, my mother was like, You've spent five years studying engineering, so you better, like, you better, um, find a job in engineering just to start off with. Yeah. and she's like, And if you really dislike it, then you can kind of explore the other things. Um, so that was our kind of compromise. Um, and I was happy to do that because I, I understood where she was coming from. So I started working, um, doing like Um, more logistics, sort of problem-solving work um, for a food company. And a lot of my friends at the time, they sort of moved into like the mining industries um, and also like oil and gas industries. And I, because I really love food, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to like go into food. Yeah, nice. um, It just made sense. And gradually over... um, Like about seven years, every time a job opportunity came up or a position um, became available in the company, I would kind of find myself leaning towards a more creative position. So I wanted to do something in marketing so I would always put my hand up to do something that was um, in the marketing team or just to help out. Um, And over the years, like the last job that I Held when I was in Melbourne um, was actually for a company called Loving Earth, and they make um, like beautiful organic, ethical chocolate. Yeah, um, it's ethos. beautiful. Um, and I was so happy to work there. I just loved it, and it was a very thriving, creative, entrepreneurial kind of environment. And that really made me like take the reins in terms of what I really wanted to do. So I I did a lot of the in house design um, packaging design work there wow. um, and that was just yeah it was just a really beautiful transition you know like keeping within the food industry but moving from something that was yeah like quite logical in that sense of or mathematical and in that sense um, to something that was a lot more in flow and a lot more in alignment with what I really wanted to do and what really made me happy.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful. What a a great story. I actually wasn't expecting that when I (laughs) asked you how you got into design. I thought you'd be like, well, I'd always drawn as a child. And (laughs) you're like, no, I didn't study chemical engineering. Um, So then tell me, uh, the work that you do now, maybe maybe you can explain to the listeners the work that you do now, because um, a big part of it is design, but you also have a really special kind of um, extra element to it.
0: Mm, yeah, so I currently work as a graphic designer and I have my own business for graphic design um, and at the same time I also work as an intuition coach and so basically I think intuition for me has underpinned so many things in my own life. It's it's such a foundation that I build a lot of my um, decision making and how I live my life um, on, So it just made absolute sense for me to create a design business um, that really felt intuitive because I felt like when I was in design school and when I was working as an in-house designer, I always found that sometimes the process of design can feel a little sterile and it can feel a little... Um, you know, I'm disconnected from exactly what we want the brand to say about who we are and our business. Um, and so, one of the things that I weave into my design process is is a lot of intuition work. So, through it, it's probably more around collaborative design um, that I, I have with my my clients and we kind of go back and forth and share ideas and and create something really special together rather than the designer coming you know going off with the brief and then coming back with options it it never really feels like that it always feels like both um, client and designer have a a good flow of communication throughout the process.
1: Yeah, I think that's so important. I know from my own perspective and also friends of mine, it's very hard when you're trying to come up with a personal brand or personal branding for your business um, Mm. because a lot of people find it quite tricky to express what they're visualizing inside their mind first of all second of all people aren't really quite sure how to express themselves I think that that's something that can come quite naturally to some people but other people really kind of struggle with that and then Mm. I guess the other thing which I really struggled with when I was coming up with my branding was just was just trying to explain it to someone else for them to put it into some sort of design. I think that was really, really. Tr- it was really tricky to kind of put that into words. So, how do you kind of draw that stuff as the designer? How do you draw that out of somebody? And you know, what are some what are some tips that you have for people?
0: Mm, yeah. So I think the first thing that I would do with the clients um, b- before we even move into what they really need for their um, the, the design work aspect um, is that we, we sit down and we spend some time connecting through Skype or you know in person um, and we just have a chat like a good conversation <laughs> I think sometimes we forget that conversation just helps break down so many barriers in terms of you um, it, you know it, it just allows you to be able to feel comfortable expressing your thoughts with the other person and expressing um, your hopes and desires about your business. Um, so I always ask my design, um, my design clients what kind of business they they have and where they feel like their business, could go in the next few years like what kind of energy they want to bring in um, what feeling they want people to have when they look at their product or their service and what feeling they want their potential client to have when they interact with them um, and it really just gives a little bit more clarity around you know the the project that they want to create and the energy that they want their business to be resonating at and through that I think there's a point in the conversation where I, I often know that, notice this when I'm talking to a client is that initially when you first meet someone for the first time it can feel like a bit more of a business transaction because mm. you've, you've made this meeting to meet with a designer and you're, you're there to talk business about your project and it can feel a little bit scary and intimidating for people but I think the main thing is that it doesn't have to be like that and the best outcome comes when it doesn't feel like a business transaction, but it feels just like you're talking to a friend about what you want to create and, um, you know, like what kind of exciting things that or projects that you want to work on. So I think the main thing for me is probably connecting with someone and also using intuition in in the process as well like when i talk to someone sometimes if i feel like a question needs to be asked um or i have a certain curiosity around you know something that they said i want to know a little bit more information about that i always ask that and we kind of gradually peel back the layers and i think generally i'm the kind of person that will always um trap people into having a deeper meaningful conversation like it's one of those things they kind of escape um, a deeper meaningful conversation with me so either way either way it'll turn out like that yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that just allows people yeah just to feel like themselves and they they are able to speak their truth in that process so once I get a good understanding of um, the client in terms of exactly how they want their business to feel then and only then do we start talking about um, what their, their project is and what they really want to create and then we get into the design aspect of it um, yeah and I think one of the things that I would say um, for a client um, who is looking to work with the designers to find someone that you really resonate with mm. and you, you could have a meeting with several designers. It doesn't mean that you need to be committed to someone from the you know from the, the first meeting and be like, okay, we've had this meeting now, I guess we're working together. Like if yeah. it doesn't, right, just use your intuition and, and see if they really understand you. Are they able to reflect what you've said, you know, what you've said back to you, in in a way that that has a good feeling to it, you know. Like I think yes. it's so intuitive, and people can pick up on that energy, whether they're um, whether they know it or not. It's just how does that person make you feel when you are connecting with them? Or, Absolutely, or-
1: I think I think that's that's really good advice, especially when it comes to designers because they are they are portraying you. Like that that's the reflection that they're producing is the reflection of you. And, I mean, there's other services that we use in businesses where, you know, maybe you hire them to just get the job done and that's enough, Mm -hmm. so you don't really need to have a connection with your bookkeeper or, you know, you don't really need to have a connection with sometimes even the person that does the coding on your website, you know. Mm -hmm. But I think when it comes to design, especially the branding side of it, it's mm-hmm. so important to make sure you connect with them because, I mean, I say this from experience. I've worked with people in the past who I haven't had a connection with but I was just desperate to get some work done. And it's, mm. you know, it's reflected in the product. Mm. Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah. And it, do- it might not feel like they're able to speak your truth.
1: Yeah, I think that's
0: a big thing. Absolutely. Because-
1: it's, it's not that it's bad design work. It's that it doesn't feel like me.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's the thing, you know, it's like if they're able to really connect to you and, and understand you, then you're able to get a, a creation that both parties feel is is in alignment and yeah. I think that's what we're after. And I think that some of the time we do see it in, like, designs where it's kind of like a trending design you know you see certain things that are on every website at the moment or you know in the wellness community there's a lot of websites that kind of look similar or and and I sort of think does that really speak the truth about someone you know does that really show someone who you are it's almost that visual expression Mm. of you as a person of you as in your business is that really the truth that you want to be speaking um, you know and conveying to a potential client that you might have or a potential customer mm. um, and if it doesn't feel like that if it just feels like you're selecting a font because it's um, it's a trendy font that everyone is using um, you know it just yeah I would I would ask people to just be a little bit more conscious about the design, uh, the choices that they're making because every, that's the beauty of design, every single choice that we make, um, every line, every dot, as, as insignificant as it might seem, there's a reason for its presence and it's that beautiful consciousness about design which I really love as well.
1: Yeah, I think that's beautiful. And I think also, you know, as the client, you don't need to have the design skills or the ability to see the shadow in the illustrations or the light in the illustrations. Like that's your job. So mm. as the client, all you need to do is tap into how you want your design to feel. Right. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So how do you? How do you then? Um, how do you encourage clients to draw these parts of themselves out and really kind of develop and tap into their intuition?
0: Mm. So one of the first parts of the design process is I get my clients to do a visual mood board, and it is a specific board that is spe- it's a specific board that is specific for <laughs> the project that they're working on. Yeah. Um, so I would get them to pin um, images that really resonate with their, with um, their business or or their project, and it could be anything from a feeling that they want to capture because I feel I think feelings are so important in yeah. terms of in terms of design, um, or it could be a style that they like. Um, it could be a colour that really resonates with them. So they go off and and pen various images or photographs that they feel resonate. And I think the key is um, not having too many images. Like sometimes some clients might want to pen maybe like 40 different things, but there is something about, you know, being very selective and very distinct distilled in the process. Mm. So knowing exactly what you want to take out that doesn't a hundred percent resonate. Um so that's the, the question that I would always ask people is every pin that you've put onto your your mood board, does it a hundred percent resonate with how you want your project to feel? Um and from that point onwards I would take their uh, their visual mood board and I will recreate it through what I see from the pins that they've created so it might be it's the further distillation of um, what they've put into that space and I think that really helps people get to a, a certain sense of clarity about their business that they might not have had before because a lot of people Might go into their project thinking that it's going to look a certain way and then when they start pinning things they find oh actually this resonates more so I'm going to go with this energy or this feeling Um, and I think that experience is really intuitive and there's no rules you know it's so open it's almost like journaling anything can can go Um, so I often Go recommend that people start with that process. I would never skip it because it is just such a um, a foundation for the rest of how the design process flows. And the other thing that I find really helpful is, um, you know, again the communication aspect of things. Like when we give feedback to each other, um, or if I give a client a um, a design piece, then. You know, the feedback process is incredibly important for me in terms of seeing how they are looking at the information that they've received. Um, So we often do this either via Skype or via email. But if I feel like, and this is where I use my intuition, if I feel like the feedback doesn't really make a 100% sense to me, like I don't understand exactly what they're trying to explore or, or say, then I will continue asking questions, and I think through the design process, there's a beautiful journey that takes place between the client and the designer, in that you get to a point where you understand how the other person um, is going to read, you know, read what you're expressing, and I think at that point when it gets to that beautiful flow, that's the point where great design can. Can come from
1: it. Yeah, oh, it's so beautiful, Joe. I wish that everybody could run all facets of their business with this kind of consciousness and intuitiveness. It's just so. Um, the word that keeps coming to my mind is magical. <laughs> oh, thank you. But it is. It really is. It's really. It gives me goosebumps when you talk about it. Um, oh, cute. Yeah, it, but
0: it, you know what? I think it's quite natural, though, because. Mm. Yeah, I I look at so many people, and you know, especially in the wellness space, there's so many people running their business very intuitively and very consciously. And I think it it just makes me like really happy to um, to be inspired by other people as well. um, Because yeah, just I think there's a big return to this way of of business and, um, of creating work that we're proud of, that is in alignment with what we, we want to, you know, to bring into the world. I think it's really important. Um, yeah, and it's, it's a funny thing that we have to return back to it because it feels like it should have always been there, right?
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. But I think, you know, uh, it's a whole other podcast, but I think there's been a real disconnect <laughs> between intuition and um, that sense of knowing in business and just getting it done mm-hmm. and making the money, you know? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. absolutely. So in that, like on that note, as, as a conscious businesswoman, Can you feel when you're not working from an intuitive space and how does that feel like and what does that look like compared to when Mm. you really are in flow? I
0: think when I'm not working in an intuitive space is the point where I feel out of balance because I'm – the kind of... I'm a bit of a strange person. <laughs> I'm a bit of a strange cookie in the way that um, I have quite, like, extreme polar opposites of my personality. <laughs> it makes me feel like I was going to split personalities or something, but, oh. um, but it feels more like... I, I think there's an aspect of me that... Um, is very driven, um, to create. And I love, you know, I love the work that I do. And, um, I love being productive and efficient and, you know, always doing something, you know, being busy, like it, it's really lovely. You know, I, I really, I really get a kick out of that. But then there's another aspect, which really, um, is quite gentle and, um, you know, soft in terms of, Honoring my my time to myself and you know being still and calm. So I think the point where work doesn't feel intuitive is when those things like I I kind of have lost the balance on those things because usually I can kind of balance both worlds quite easily because I will try and put a lot of different rituals throughout my day. That brings me out of a kind of expansive space and allows me to sort of draw in a little bit Mm. Um, but when I feel like I'm just expanding energy you know it's that constant productivity and you're not really giving yourself that sort of space to step back and have time for contemplation I think Um, that's sort of when I feel like my intuition kind of just dis- dissipates a little bit it, it becomes lost amongst everything else yeah. and it's almost it's not like it disappears completely because I think it's always there but it's a little bit hazy and it's not as there's not much there's not as much clarity as there needs to be yeah I, guess.
1: I mean we, we were actually talking about this last week at one of the lunar nights events and the beautiful thing about intuition is that It is our inner knowing and it is our inner voice. But in order to hear it, we need to have some space around it and a little bit of stillness. Mm. And I think especially as women in business, it can get very overwhelming to be able to stop and create space and stillness in order to tap into that because we feel like there's a million other better things we could be doing, (laughs)
0: you know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and it's just that I think the there's a pressure of always having to do something, you know, and there's not many um, there's not many times in the day where we really allow ourselves to do nothing at all. Mm. It just seems so strange that you know where we fill up every moment of our day, and I know like when I was like. Starting yoga, you know, getting really interested in yoga, and I was um, really interested in morning rituals, I would fill up my morning with all these different things. And they were all beautiful rituals. It was like meditation for like half an hour, yoga for an hour, like do my green juice, do a smoothie, all of these beautiful things. But then after like, the two hours that it took for my morning to <laughs> do it all. Oh my gosh it takes so much time. I was like, oh, I guess I've just filled up my whole morning with different things, mm. and it's that realization of you know, like we we're, we're constantly slotting in time slots throughout our day, um, but when do we actually? block out the time and be like okay this time I'm not actually going to do anything I'm just going to sit and then you know maybe have a cup of tea or like I don't know just relax with some music you know something like that I think it's it's definitely something that I still struggle with now and particularly you know as, as you said like if we have a business and we're doing a lot of other things on the side it can be really hard to find that space but it, it probably comes from having like i don't know if it's discipline but it's almost like knowing your trigger points before they become you know before you enter a stress out zone of unbalance um imbalance you kind of recognize the little signs along the way that are sort of saying okay you need to just take a break now
1: i think a lot of people are almost a little terrified to try it as well because you know to sit and do nothing it is it's so hard it's so hard especially when our minds are racing with all the things Mm -hmm. that we could be doing but it Mm -hmm. almost it almost just takes practice because once you start to implement it I mean, I'm I'm saying this all from experience because I never do nothing and I've really had to carve aside the time to do that without the guilt, which took a really long time. But I noticed how much my productivity went up when I created mm. that space. It's yeah. like I can't – I don't know what the statistic is, but they say, you know, like when you do an eight-hour day in an office, you're really only working like two and a half hours or something. Oh,
0: I, I think I, I think we stumbled across the same um, podcast. Oh, oh yeah. what was it? Well. <laughs> I think it's from the yoga podcast,
1: oh, and sorry. it
0: really changed the way, I <laughs> really changed the way I thought about my day because I was like, oh no, I've only got two and
1: a half hours left. Yeah, but it's true <laughs> when you think about it. I mean, there's so much time that we're not actually doing anything where we're kind of pretending like we are. Mm. That if yeah. we kind of just set aside even you know 20 minutes half an hour to just be mm. then maybe we would be able to be a little bit more productive in those other times I don't know mm. try it out See what
0: mm. you think. yeah and I think the other thing is like with children and how they play like I remember when I was young I would say to my mum. I'm bored <laughs> and children don't say that now because no. they're, you know, they've got so many like distractions or, tab you know, iPads and tablets mm. and smartphones that they're using that children can never really feel bored where they they have to invent a game or create, a, a, you know, something that they need to play with. Um, whereas I think when I was growing up, you know, like you'd spend the whole, I remember spending the summer's, in the garden, you know, just like playing with dirt and stuff. And, it, you know, the, a whole day would pass by and you didn't really do anything in particular. But it was just that space of, you know, like being able to be curious and allowing your mind to wander. And I think if we just had a little bit of that time where we could be curious and allow our minds to contemplate and wander however it needs to, um you know, I think it would definitely bring that aspect of intuition. Um, it, you know, our intuition voice would become a, a lot louder, I think, because yeah. we just have, yeah, we just have, we just make that space for it to flow in.
1: Yeah. Beautiful. Um, I want to ask you a question. What, where mm. do you feel like you feel your intuition? Cause a lot of people, a lot of people will say that they feel it in their gut. And other people say, you know, I really feel it in my heart, you know, that internal knowing in my heart. Um, For me, I really feel it through my third eye. That's when I know I've really kind Mm. of hit clarity with something. But I'd just be Mm. interested in how you sort of tap into it.
0: Um, This is such a good question. I feel like probably my gut. You know, I think your body says so much Mm. about everything it picks up. Um, It's just our mind kind of filters out (laughs) a lot of it and tells you, oh, this is what I think. (laughs) I guess what your body thinks. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think just to be conscious of how your body is feeling, whether it's tight or constricted and contracted versus sort of like relaxed and, um, you know, at ease. I think that's a big sign for me. Um, and, yeah, like, you, you definitely notice it with people when you're interacting with them. You know, some people just make you feel so relaxed and at ease. And it's so, you know, it's so so easy to, to have a honest conversation with someone like that. Um, and then in other times, you might feel like you've said yes to something that you know you've promised to do something for someone that you like when you think about it later you you actually didn't want to do it in the first place Mm. but you just said yes because we have a tendency of saying yes to a lot of things i think um so yeah i think just noticing how your body is reacting to every situation or like um throughout the day it's it's a really beautiful way to to be able to know what your intuition is saying um I think the other thing for me is probably curiosity. Mm. So if I feel like I I want to know more about something, or I want to ask that person a, another question, or you know just find out a little bit more information, then I allow my curiosity to to take action and basically ask that question, or you know look it up on the internet, or do a course <laughs> in it.
1: Google. <That's> <laughs> If all else fails, ask Google. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's so many things I ask Google on a Me daily Me too. Day. Oh, my God. <laughs> what did we do before Google? My goodness. I
0: know. We had to work it out ourselves, I think.
1: <laughs> Crazy. Okay. The other thing I really would love to chat to you about um, is creativity. And, I mean, Liz Gilbert's kind of brought the idea of creativity back into the conversation I mean not that it really left but she's really sort of said look everyone has the ability because some people you know some people say oh I'm not creative I'm just not a creative person but she's like we are all we are all intrinsically creative so I just want to hear from you as someone who sort of works in this field what what do you think creativity is and and is it something that we all possess?
0: Hmm. absolutely, absolutely. I think, yeah, I, I also wrote a similar thing about um, Elizabeth Gilbert in my notes. Oh, <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, so absolutely. I feel like everyone is able to be creative. It's just that we all express creativity and receive creativity in a different way, potentially. Um, and I feel like a lot of it is linked to intuition, so it's the process by how how we interpret the experience and the moments that are around us, so how we feel in those in those beautiful experiences that we have and how we perceive the world um, and everybody can perceive the the world in their own way and it's just about. You know receiving that information and conveying it in a way that feels right for you um, or it feels plate and it could it could be anything it doesn't it doesn't have to you know feel like um, oh, I'm being a painter and I'm going to create this beautiful piece of art it might not be like that it might just be creativity through the words you choose to describe something or you know if you have like you um, a memory of something—it's—it's it's that sort of the memory that you have in your mind. You know how you play it back to yourself. Even that can be quite creative because it's your own interpretation. Um, that's how I sort of see it. I feel like it's basically just your your intuitive um, interpretation of things.
1: Yeah.
0: And yeah, and the more you soften into that, the more you can kind of explore your own way of expressing and being creative in different ways. So you could express it through something like pottery or, you know, being in nature and like noticing the sort of, um, what do they call it? Like the kind of texture of the leaves, like mm. the like the kind of fingerprints of the leaves around you or just feeling like the wind against your face um as you walk through the forests. It just it's just about, yeah, again, like being consciously connected into the space that you are in, into the environment that you inhabit.
1: Yeah, I think that's beautiful. Um do you think that you sort of um not you personally, but people in general, <laughs> sorry, I'm trying to get my words mm. out. Do you think that, do you think um, things like creativity um, and sort of like a design mind or people who, you know, draw um, illustrators and painters, artists is where I'm going with this. Do you think mm-hmm. that that's uh, something that's in our genes? Like, do you think that you are born with that talent or do you think that it can be learnt? mm.
0: I think, I mean, I know, like, with certain painters, like, they've probably always painted from when they were young. So Mm -hmm. it might have been something that, um, not necessarily in their genes, but maybe something that they've really just enjoyed doing because it gave them so much joy, you know? It's just like when we... A young or you know like what kind of toys did we enjoy playing or what kind of games did we make up for ourselves mm. um so i think maybe there's a little bit of a um a basis in in how we were raised as kids and, and and what we were really curious to explore when we were little um but yeah i'm not i'm not sure if it's something that's in our dna necessarily because i felt throughout my life there was definitely something that would always call me back to appreciating art and design. But I, I guess for a long time, I never thought I was actually skilled in that area. You know, I thought I, I really enjoyed it, but I never thought, oh, this could be a career someday or wow. I could do this professionally. And it wasn't until I actually went to design school that a lot of that came out. And I think that's sort of the the thing for me. It's 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 kind of like you need to put it into practice mm. because you. It's just like a muscle that you need to like bend and stretch. I guess, um, you know, you need to put it into practice and really spend time like with anything that's creative. It, it still takes work. It's um, you know sometimes I look at a design and I have no idea how I'm going to get. From where, you know, from the brief to the final stage. But I always get there because you sit with that process and you try lots of different things until something resonates, until something clicks into place. And I think for me, like maybe going to design school and doing um, design work in the companies and getting that experience allows you just to explore that process for yourself so that you get better at knowing what looks good, I guess, or what feels right for you versus what's not going to work because you've tried that before in the past and the result wasn't as strong as something else. Um, Yeah.
1: Was Was your intention always to combine your intuitive coaching with your design work or did that sort of just evolve quite naturally?
0: It evolved incredibly naturally, I think. Um, It wasn't an intention when I first started because when I first got there, I was like, oh, this feels like engineering and science and graphic design all over again. (laughs) It feels like quite different, you know, different things. Um, And I was like, how am I going to explain to someone that I'm a um, a graphic designer and an intuition coach because in some people's mind, they can be very, very different things. And then I was like, well, What's the connection between all of this? You know, where, where, you know, why is it that I enjoy intuition coaching and why is it that I enjoy the design process and working with clients um, for their projects? So I came to the conclusion after exploring it for a little while that it really was all about intuition for me. So yeah, I think it just came quite naturally in terms of how I worked with my clients. I tended to I tend to receive a lot of requests from clients who are um either yoga teachers or you know in a wellness space um or they're coaches themselves or creatives as well. So you just get those little hints from the universe i get sometimes about okay these are the kind of people that are coming through to you so obviously there is something that you're conveying that maybe i wasn't aware of um at the time that is bringing people to you that um, resonates with people
1: yeah that's beautiful um okay so if people want to find out more about you and the work that you do where should they go yeah
0: um so my website is at um so that's um and yeah i've got both the intuition coaching business and the graphic design business um on the same site so they're kind of like Flow into each other. Um, so, if anyone wants more information or they just want to like chat to me via email, just um, they can contact me through that website.
1: Beautiful. And um, just so it's clear to people, the design—if people were to take you on as a designer—there's the intuitive work is within that, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It's it's just
0: woven through the process. Yeah, so beautiful. it's just how we work. Um, and yeah it, it, it always flows however it needs to with every client yeah,
1: um,
0: yeah so I I, it's, I, yeah I think I'm, it's
1: so wonderful I really do I know I keep saying that but <laughs> oh. I just I've just known so many people who really struggle with expressing themselves and they get so upset when they go and see a designer and it's not how they envisaged it and mm. I just like what you said earlier about you know you don't Stop until you're both intuitively on the same page. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's really important because we do, you know, as humans, especially human women, we, we have this thing about hurting people's feelings, I think. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think with designers, you know, it's such a personal experience for both of you. But I think as the client, sometimes people get really worried about saying they don't like something.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the thing. Like, and usually I, if someone's not quite happy with something, I will always ask the question of like, okay, what's, what exactly isn't working or what do you Mm. not feel a hundred percent good about? Um, Because for me, like I, I put a lot of energy into the work that I create. So I want the client to get the best outcome possible because for me that, it's the reason why I'm doing the work Um, and if they're not a hundred percent you know satisfied with the design process then I'm I'm usually like I always give people the the option to go back you know a step and like we can go back and relook at certain things until we get to a space where both people feel that it's a hundred percent happy you know in that happy space
1: yeah, that's beautiful. Well, I hope um, I hope everybody listening has enjoyed this conversation as much as I have. I feel like this was just <laughs> this was just for me because I enjoyed it so much. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, oh, <laughs> You're always such a pleasure to talk to.
0: Yeah, I I really love this conversation as well. I feel like it's one of those things you could continue talking about these topics and like for a long time, mm. I think. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. I had so much fun. So oh, thank you good. so much.
1: If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, make sure you share it with all of your friends. You can email them the link, post it on social media, or go completely old school and tell them in the flesh. Also, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, make sure you head to iTunes, press subscribe that way you can stay up to date with new episodes and while you're there I know I harp on about it but I would love if you'd leave me a rating or review also if you haven't heard yet we've got a Facebook group for the podcast it's a great way to continue the conversation and I'd love to hear what you think of the episodes that go up and if there's any other guests you'd like me to get on until next time I'm Jordana Levine wishing you an inspirational week